I wonder if we could talk about today. My wife, you see, we've had some, some difficulties, and I don't quite understand what's going on, but she came to me the other day and told me that she's in love with um, John Wall. I'm not sure that you know him, but could we talk about this? I, I'm not sure what to do. Yes, it'll be a joy to do this. And we would like to present to you seven secrets of how to be a drawing magnet that will win her back. But before we do this, shall we bow our heads in prayer and claim a promise from yes. the Bible for the wisdom that God has offered us. Dear Lord in heaven, you've promised in James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You've, you've told us to ask, so we're asking. You've instructed us to tell you that we believe because God cannot lie, so we believe that you are imparting to us the needed wisdom for this hour. And as Jesus at the grave of Lazarus thanked you that he had received, so we thank you that since the gift of wisdom is in the promise for wisdom, that we do receive and have received and will realize it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jim, it is a wonderful thing that the Bible contains at least 45 Bible laws applicable to marriage. And my wife and I have been greatly intrigued to study these secrets, but I think we should share with you only seven uh, so that it will not complicate our thinking, you see. And these seven secrets will take on the form of, of magnetism, divine magnetism, Christ-like magnetism that are intended and promised by the Lord to win her back from uh, the condition that she, in which she finds herself now. Uh, I have in my pocket a magnet. This is a, a fairly good-sized magnet, you see. And this magnet is going to represent you and how that you can be used as a magnet to draw her. Because Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father which has sent me draw him. So the way to create harmony is to be a magnet. Mm -hmm. Then we will think of, uh, what did you say the young man's name is who has? John, John Wall. John Wall. Let us represent John by a smaller magnet. Now this may seem rather paradoxical that a smaller magnet could actually apparently take uh, Jenny away from the big magnet. But we shall notice how this actually uh, takes place. And uh, we will have a very small piece of steel. And here this piece of steel will represent Jenny, your wife, That's right. you see. And now here you are wondering how in the world, if you're a bigger magnet than John is, how come that you didn't keep her in the first place? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Looks strange. Did you see she just came back? <laughs> and that's prophetic. Amen. That is how when we learn certain secrets, and uh, these seven that we present uh, are not dogmatically arranged, 
we've arranged them in these, in these seven categories to make it a little easier for the mind to comprehend them, you understand. Mm -hmm. There are other words that we could use in place of the seven that we are presenting, but we'll think of them as seven. Now, the seven are divided into three classes. There are two, there are two secrets, and then there are two more, and then there are three. All secrets of, of magnetic drawing courtship that the Lord Jesus can use us, the result of which, in all probability, will bring Jenny back to you. Now, <coughs> back of this magnet, since you're a Christian, back of you as a magnet, there is a tremendous heavenly magnet Jesus Christ. He is the great drawing power of heaven. And so your strength comes from Jesus. So you begin your day with Jesus. You take your quiet hour with Jesus. You ask the Lord Jesus to help you to learn from him these magnetic principles, you see. For he says, without me, you can do nothing. And again, he said, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. And so here, the first of all the seven secrets is naturally Jesus Christ. He is going to use this magnetic power as you become his instrument. Courtship consists, first of all, of joy. If you ever noticed young people as they're courting, or any individual courting, individuals, you'll notice they may not be laughing or smiling from ear to ear, but you'll notice there's a special twinkle in their eyes as their right. eyes meet. Yes. That represents the joy of courtship. They're joyful to be in each other's presence. Now, when we connect this great principle of Jesus with joy, we have the first two secrets of the magnetic courtship, Jesus and joy. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the strength of you as a magnet will be in part as you represent the joy of Jesus. So whenever you contact Jenny, you will not appear sorrowful. <laughs> you will not whine. Your heart may be breaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, that's... Well, go on. I want to hear more. <laughs> I know what you mean. And let me say this. We're all in the same boat. If I were losing my mate, except that the great magnet Jesus Christ took over in my life, I would show a lot of pain in my eyes. Be assured of that. Yes. So whatever I share with you, Jim, you will know that the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Anything that we discuss will be without condemnation to either you or to Jenny or to John, That's you see. So we're studying it as objectively as we can and as scientifically as we can as we understand the Word of God. So you'll apply first of all, having come to the great magnet, Jesus Christ, you'll ask him to fill you with <clears throat> with joy, so that when she sees your eyes that would naturally be pained, she will see a twinkle.
Now, do you think anybody can be sure that he will have a honeymoon twinkle when the mate looks at him unless the Lord Jesus Christ gives him that honeymoon twinkle? It's impossible. Yeah, I never realized that. That's why we go back to that text, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Joy plus the Lord equals strength. So we suggest that as you arise in the morning, you'll make a list of 10 things for which you're grateful. Then each of these items like air, water, sunshine, <laughs> sight, hearing, whatever you list, each one of these words you'll then place in a sentence conforming to Nehemiah 8.10. Joy plus the Lord equals strength. That will be the strength of your drawing power on Jenny, the joy of the Lord. Everybody likes to see a joyful spouse. Humanly speaking, impossible. But as you drill yourself now and saying, thank you, Lord, for the air. Air was the first word, you see. Maybe the next is sight. Thank you, Lord, for sight. Without your realizing it, the pained look in your eyes will leave, and a joyful expression, a honeymoon twinkle, as we often call it, will replace that pained look. Without your trying to work on the, on the pain, if you start trying to uh, work on the pain, you'll be looking in the mirror and say, do I look less pain? And you look more pain, you see. Yeah. So you'll, you'll go completely into the first two secrets, the joy of the Lord. You'll thank him for air. You'll drill yourself throughout the entire day at every opportunity that you're alone. Thank you, Lord, for the air. And without your realizing it, that honeymoon twinkle begins to shape up. The next time she sees you, <coughs> she says to herself, maybe not to you, what has happened to Jim? His eyes look more joyful than John's. <laughs> and she may not even be conscious that she's thinking of that. But now she's, she's beginning to be affected. She is beginning to be drawn drawn because the strength of this magnet is joy. So you'll start studying, just like you'd study a university course. How can I drill myself now on the joy of the Lord? Thank you, Lord, for the air. Thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Thank you, Lord, for eyesight. And every time you do it, you notice what happens to my eyes? Even as I begin to say it, they brighten up a little, even at my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it sounds so simple. I suppose I could try that. Yes, and that is your strength. Now, those are only two of the seven uh, drawing secrets. The next two have to do with this, with this magnet that may be large as contrasted with a small magnet. And we're dealing now with this, with this problem. On what basis would an individual, would this piece of steel, on what basis would it be leaving a larger magnet for a smaller magnet? And that brings us to this wonderful principle of magnetism. The same magnet that draws, if it, if it gets in a different position, it does what? It repels. It repels. <laughs> now, there are two special secrets of the seven, which if we do not conform to, we become a repelling magnet, and she begins to go. Not necessarily to John, she goes. Just and, and the magnet that is nearest to her, even though it's not a strong magnet, draws her, even though it's a small drawing bar. She's going somewhere, but there are magnets all over the place. You mean I'm, I'm repelling her? Yes, and I am repelling my wife, 
And every man can be repelling his wife, though he loves her, because he doesn't, doesn't understand two of these magnetic laws. They are choice and humility. Hmm. Choice means don't tell her anything to do unless she asks. This is difficult for a man because naturally he has dreamed from childhood on being the manager of the home. And being the manager of the home, he equates with being the boss. And since he's the boss, why shouldn't he be a little bossy, <laughs> you see? But he doesn't equate that with bossiness. He equates that with a managerial law. I'm the manager. God made me to be the manager. So unless he studies carefully the laws of choice and humility, he will find himself just naturally giving orders to his wife. It may be in a very sweet voice. <laughs> I thought that was my duty. And I, I found out the other day when I was helping you that uh, this applied also. You know, when I, on the ladder there, right. it really surprised me. I was up that ladder and you said, come down. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned to you and I said, now, Jim, don't do that. Don't tell anybody what to do. You might say, oh, would you like to come down now? That's all right. <laughs> I, I see that. And I noticed it affected you, so I put you in shock. Very surprised. <laughs> and yet you were saying it very innocently. You weren't trying to be bossy at all. I knew you weren't. No. But you see, we men are naturally <laughs> the head. <laughs> and how can the head be the head without being the head, <laughs> you see? <laughs> so, so we're to be the head without appearing to be the head. All right, the law of choice, Joshua 24, 15 says, choose ye. Now around your mate, and around my mate, there is an invisible circle. Within this circle, no human being has the right to project himself except by invitation. So we call the law of choice the law of the sovereign will. She is a princess in her own right. Likewise, you are a prince in your own right, and the same circle is around you, a similar circle, as is around her. She has no right either to intrude within your circle of choice. Now, when you do intrude, or I intrude, or any man intrudes within this circle of the sovereign will, it immediately repels. Because only God has the right to be the God of our lives. And when I begin to take God's place innocently enough, God has put it into the heart of this individual to be repelled. So now I am saying, you do this. Now I'm using my finger to repel because the magnets, <laughs> you know, are rather weak. And I'm illustrating what will happen. You're saying, now you do, oh, there it goes. You do this. And without her realizing always that she is being repelled, unconsciously something takes over and she backs away just a little. She probably cannot analyze it. If I were to ask her, she probably would not even be conscious of it to begin with. But little by little, she would be. Now, here was John waiting there in the bleachers, not waiting for her. He was just as innocent, let us say, as we are. But now, for some reason, there she is within this magnetic field. And you know what happens to the piece of steel when it's within that magnetic field. It just goes right to him. It just goes right there. And the piece of steel is innocent. The little magnet can be ever so innocent. It may not be, but it may be. We've known of many individuals who are innocently thrown together. 
They had no idea of becoming infatuated. They didn't understand the spiritual and the marital magnetic field. And before they realized it, there they were together. And that is what's happened to Jenny. Because, now you may not have been guilty of this, you understand, and don't think of it as guilt even in that respect. But you'll check on this and you'll say to yourself, <clears throat> have I given her orders? You feel maybe you have, like I would assume you have because you gave me orders the other day. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so innocently, yes. Innocently, unconsciously, she was repelled. Now the other law, which if, if we do not conform to, <laughs> also has the tendency to repel, and that's the law of humility. We call it the law of the third horizontal level down. That's a big expression. <laughs> By that we mean that the Bible teaches us that if we will take an attitude toward other individuals as though they were a little above us, an attitude of respect, but we respect God as the one above all, then we conform to the passage of Scripture found in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. It says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's a big magnet, right? Let this mind be in you. In other words, get into the same position as he would. It says he was God. That's the highest level. It says he became man. That's the second level down. Then it said he became the servant of man. That's the third level down. So when we obey this law of humility, we respect our mate. We never speak a belittling word. For when we belittle our mate, again, we'll bring this piece of steel over here. When we belittle our mate, immediately that mate feels repelled. So whether we, whether we command our mate or instruct our mate or whether we belittle our mate, those two things cause this mate to be repelled and they go somewhere. And the first magnet they come to, they're attracted to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're tempted to say, my, my, how devilish they were. They didn't mean to be devilish. It was just a law <clears throat> of human behavior working on a human being that repelled that human being, you see. Now, those are the two laws that we call the laws of human ease. If, <clears throat> if we do not belittle, if we do not belittle our mate, and do not nag our mate, we draw the mate back. <laughs> See that. And being a bigger magnet in the hands of the greatest magnet in the universe, namely Jesus, we're able to draw that mate away from the stronger magnetic power of evil by learning the laws of humility, which always respects that individual. The law of choice, which never gives orders or seeks to instruct. That's, that's very helpful. Now, the last three of the seven secrets, Jim, are, are really strong laws of magnetic drawing power. The Bible says in uh, James chapter 1, verse 14, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. So there is a drawing power of evil. Every form of infatuation comes about through evil's drawing power. 
This is why Jesus said, as we mentioned a little ago, he said, no man can come to me except my Father which has sent me draw him. So it's a battle of the magnets. Which magnet is going to succeed? Naturally, the big magnet should succeed because it's connected to the greatest magnet. But in order to succeed, it must let this great magnet perform through its seven simple secrets of drawing power. These three we call laws of divine pressure. These will pressure Jenny to come to you. These are faith, hope, and love. Faith, when you speak faith, you draw her. Everybody loves to hear faith. Every time you say, Jenny, I suspect you've just been with John. That would repel. But every time you say, Jenny, I believe in your sincerity. I believe you're exactly as sincere as I am. She feels drawn to you. It's divine pressure. She just wants to, almost wants to put her arms around you again in spite of the past. Jenny, I believe in you. And Jenny, I believe that God is going to give us both complete victory. You notice, I didn't say I believe God's going to give you victory because that would be belittling her and we'd be breaking the law of humility. I believe God's going to give us both victory. And now you mix faith and humility. You say, Jenny, I've not been the husband I should be. I've not given you the companionship I should. And how true that is, because companionship means you build that magnetic field which keeps her drawn to you. And Jenny, I'm sorry, you've been so sincere. You've been such a wonderful wife. I believe in you. Oh, there's a drawing power. She may not at once fall in your arms, you understand. But as she retires at night, she'll say, how come, how come that, that Jim told me he believed in me? He was so sweet. And he seemed to take the blame, see? Yes. Humility and the pressure, you see, of faith. At another time, you will let the Lord use the drawing power of love, faith, hope, and love, the three divine pressure laws. That's 1 Corinthians 13, the last verse. And the Bible says that his love draws us. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says, With loving kindness I've drawn thee. Now, your love will be manifested by taking an interest in her. Not in whining and saying, Why don't you love me? <laughs> you see. But taking an interest in her. Any little attention you can give her. She will equate that with love and it will have a drawing effect. You want to overdo it. That's the thing we must be careful. It must be casual. <clears throat> it must be... Uh, evidently unplanned, <laughs> no matter how much the Lord has planned it. So now you have unselfish love, not the love that whines and says, you've broken my heart. If you say that, you, you're repelling her. But you're, you're, you're taking an interest in her. Every little thing you can think of, because you're drilling yourself. You're saying, oh, you great magnet, Jesus. You said with loving kindness, you draw people. And another place in the Old Testament, it said, with the bonds of love, bands of love, I have drawn thee. So there you've mixed faith, spoken faith in her sincerity with unselfish, an unselfish interest, you see. Now, we've left out the one word hope, which is the seventh of the seven secrets. Hope is a combination of faith and love. So when you speak faith in her and she sees that you're interested in her, happiness, it gives her hope. And that's Romans 8, 24. We're saved by hope. When she finally 
believes. And she, of course, will think it's all your own fault, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. until the Lord helps her. But when she comes to the conclusion, well, Jim, Jim is a different man, <laughs> you see. Everyone who is infatuated is sure that, that it's mostly the fault of their mate. <laughs> Nearly everyone. Yes. There are a few exceptions. Now she said, what has happened to Jim? Why, he isn't blaming me. He isn't belittling me. He isn't bossing me. He's joyful. I don't see any of this pity me expression on his face. He, he talks confidence in me. <laughs> He's unselfish. I believe I want to be around him. And even though she is there, as it were, in the arms of the other man, never get the impression that when the Lord comes into our lives and brings to us the seven secrets, <laughs> that the home cannot be repaired. Now, we are going to bow our heads again and ask the Lord Jesus to let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, I'm going to ask the Lord as a minister that God will help me to practice what I'm sharing with you. Unless I practice it, I'm like Paul. He said, I keep my body under and bring it, bring it into subjection, lest having shared with others, I myself will lose it all. So shall we pray. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for your patience with me through my life and my married life. I thank you, dear Lord, for Jim. And I believe with all my heart, Lord, your promise of Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7, that says, they shall return with all their hearts. Mm -hmm. We believe this promise. And we believe the promise that you will give Jim the ability and give me the ability as you promised in Philippians 2.14, it is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.com dot org.